If you're a parent, teacher, or school leader, and you're sick and tired of the frustration, anger, and unfair treatment of children at high risk in our public schools, then perhaps it's time for all of us to do something about it. In this podcast, Dr. Amitra Berry brings you tips, tools, strategies, and tactics to build successful solutions while touching, moving, and inspiring all of us to transform our schools so that every child thrives. Here's your host, Dr. Berry. Welcome back, Equity Warriors. Thanks for tuning in to another episode focused on the intersection of education and politics here at the 3E Podcast. Before we get started, do me and you a favor. Sign up for my new newsletter. There you can get sneak previews, exclusive updates, and content at bit.ly forward slash 3E Podcast. There's a link down in the notes. This is content that will not be released on the podcast, so sign up for that newsletter. There's a movie came out in 1944. It was an adaptation of a stage play. And if you're into psychological thrillers, it's one that you might enjoy. Put this on your watch list. Now, I happen to be a huge fan of Hitchcock. I like the thriller. What can I say? And old psycho thrillers. In this one, a husband manipulates his wife into thinking that she's losing her sense of reality and doing that in an effort to commit her to a mental institution and steal her inheritance. Now, for my listeners in the UK, your version of this movie was titled The Murder in Thornton Square. The name of the movie here in the US, Gaslight. And even though there were no people of color in that film, gaslighting, the term that comes from the movie, is the topic of today's episode. In this country, women and people of color have often been accused of being overly emotional or irrational when they raise legitimate issues. And that, my equity warriors, is gaslighting. So what is it? Gaslighting really is a form of psychological manipulation. It's a person or a group of people the gaslighters, who covertly sow seeds of doubt in an individual or in a group of people. It makes them question their own memory, their perception, or their judgment. Now, to be clear, gaslighters are abusers. They inflict psychological trauma on their victims, their targets. Gaslighting often involves an abuser who denies the reality of the victim, who dismisses their experiences, their lived experience, and sometimes even stages some bizarre events with the intent to disorient and destabilize people. Gaslighting is emotional abuse, and it affects a victim's mental well-being. Abusers, gaslighters lie. They deny facts, even when they are presented with clear and compelling evidence, and they undermine the victim's beliefs or feelings. Are you following here? Are you starting to make a connection between the term gaslighting and what maybe you've been victim to, maybe you've observed, or perhaps in an unenlightened previous state, even perpetrated. You've done this to someone else. And are you wondering why? Why do people, why would an educator do this, particularly to children? Well, the purpose behind gaslighting typically is that the perpetrator, the gaslighter, the abuser is often trying to get power, to get control, or to hide something wrong that they're doing. 
So today I want to give you eight examples of how abusers use gaslighting to justify racism and inequity against marginalized learners. And then for each one, I'm going to give you some responses to those abusers. So let's go. All right. Gaslight format number one is called dismissiveness. And this is where they dismiss the gaslighter dismisses the needs of a group of learners. They'll say things like they're too needy. It takes too much time to do differentiation for that group of learners. They need too many resources. They're always asking for something extra. Dismissive statements, how this comes out. You'll hear words like those kids need too much small group instruction. It's interfering with my time with all my other students. You might hear something like, oh, those kids don't need additional instruction. They don't need remediation. They just need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps, work harder, focus in class, or perhaps following something abusive that they said or racist that they said will say to you because you object to their language, oh, it was just a joke. Stop being so sensitive. How do you respond to that? What do you say? Here's one for you. You know, when you attribute a learner's performance to their racial, ethnic, or language background, it can inadvertently perpetuate stereotypes. So let's talk about how we can focus on individual strengths and needs. Now, don't expect them to just open right up and follow your lead, but you need to interrupt it. All right. Gaslight format number two is called withholding. They withhold, the gaslighter will withhold information or supports that would benefit marginalized learners. Think about these. Maybe someone who pretends they don't understand the reason that the supports are needed or won't even engage in a discussion about what these marginalized learners need. These people, these gaslighters are abusive. They're dismissive. And then they change the subject. Here's what they might say. I don't know why you think we need to put all that focus on blah, 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 blah. Or they might say something like, well, that ship has sailed. There's no talking point in talking about it anymore. Or it's not really an issue. By the way, did you see that new gym they put in over it? What do you say to someone who does that, who dismisses that way? You can start with, I believe it's beneficial for us to reflect on how our own biases, even unconscious ones, can affect the instruction we provide to our learners. Perhaps we can explore professional development opportunities on this topic. That's two. Gaslight format number three is called denial. And that's when gaslighters deny that the learners have even been harmed. They won't take accountability for their actions. And it sounds like this. My all-time favorite. Well, this is just more of that woke talk. Have you heard that one before? How about, I would never do that. They're making it up. Really? Or if they really wanted to learn, they wouldn't be complaining about this. They're just trying to make me look bad. So what do you say to that person? How about, I've noticed that some of the ways you respond to learners' experiences in the classroom dismiss their perspectives. Let's talk about how important it is that we validate all learners' feelings and make sure they feel heard. Our students need to have voice. So that takes care of your deniers. Fourth tactic they'll use is forgetting. They claim that they have forgotten entire events and statements. Now, forgetting is kind of like denial, but it's much more specific. They may deny entire events and statements and sometimes some things that they said like two seconds ago. Again, they do this as a way to make you question what you know to be true. So how do they voice this? Forgetting might come out like this. What are you talking about? 
No one ever said we were going to add more resources for tutoring those kids. Or I don't ever remember anyone saying we needed to do something different or something special. And the easy one for them, that's not what happened. But they won't tell you what actually happened. So what do you say to that one? What do you say to the forgetter? Well, forget the fact that they know doggone good and well that they didn't forget. Just move forward. Our language and actions have a powerful impact on teaching and learning. Let's work together to ensure that our words build trust and confidence rather than sowing doubt. Number five, tactic number five that the gaslighters use is called weaponizing. Gaslighters will weaponize education. The only reason that they behave in a certain way, they'll say, is for the learner's own good. It's for it's best for those kids. Those kids is code. And anytime you hear the words, those kids, get ready for a fight. Um, but they'll say that it's best for the learners or those kids to struggle. Now, weaponizing comes across in statements like, I'm hard on those kids because blah, 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 blah. Or if we don't make them struggle to find the answers, they'll never learn how to do it. How about it's for their own good. They'll appreciate this later. I think my mother said that about spankings, but in any event, or I'm one of the teachers who supports these kids. No one else cares about them the way that I do. Really? And last, my only fault is caring too much. Yeah, right. Okay. So what do you say to that one? Um, how about would you be open to discussing alternative approaches to addressing academic and behavioral concerns that don't single out learners based on race? We want to ensure we're creating an inclusive environment. And if they bristle at the words inclusion or the word inclusion, yeah, you've got some work to do. All right. Number six, tactic number six is blaming the victim. And this gaslighters will shift the blame onto the learner and their care caregivers. And I've heard this one so many times, this, this tactic used, it drives me nuts. Not mad, not crazy, but it ticks me off. So the gaslighter and blaming the victim will dismiss whatever complaint that is being lobbied and they'll divert the conversation to something that they claim the learner or their caregivers or community has done. They directly attack the learner's self-esteem. I have heard each one of these so many times, I cannot even count. So I've got three of them for you here. You might hear, oh, please, if their parents would just send them to school with fill in the blank or that's insane. The simple, the, the, the simple fact is that these kids can't learn or these kids just can't behave. They have no home training. And number three, that's ridiculous. They send these kids to school without teaching them a darn thing at home. It's not my fault. They can't whatever. It's not the teacher's fault. It's the parent's fault. And I routinely say that our parents, your parents are sending their best kids to school they don't keep the good ones locked up in a closet at home. They trust you with their children. And sometimes that's all that they can do because they may have gone through our school system and already been left behind, forgotten, abused, not taught. In any event, what do you say to that person? I've observed that some learners seem to feel marginalized by certain remarks you've made. It's important for us to foster an equitable classroom where every learner's contribution is valid and say it with a smile. Number seven is exploitation and gaslighters who exploit use the learner's vulnerabilities against them. There is something that the learner may be insecure about and they use that to create guilt or invalidate the learner's feelings. Exploitative gaslighting examples include, let's see, two emergent bilingual learners 
And this they say to the child. Doesn't anyone at home speak English? Maybe to a child, a learner who lacks confidence in their abilities because perhaps they're the only one who looks like them in the class. A teacher, an educ no, a teacher, not an educator, a teacher might say, maybe you shouldn't be in the class. Maybe you aren't ready for advanced coursework. Or to learners who come from lower performing schools or communities of low wealth, you might hear someone say to a child, this always happens when we let kids from your neighborhood in the advanced classes. And how do you respond after you breathe? I'm concerned that we might not be fully recognizing the external factors that can affect a learner's performance. Let's consider how we can support all learners in overcoming any barriers they might face and then breathe. The last tactic they use is called criticism. And this is where the gaslighters are constantly criticizing the learners or they disapprove of the learner's actions. Again, here they shift the blame from themselves onto the learner. Criticisms very often are leveled directly to the child and sometimes in front of an entire classroom. This behavior creates an unhealthy cycle. The learner, this child, then is so focused on seeking approval of the adult instead of advocating for their own equitable achievement opportunity or, or equitable disciplinary treatment. It's, it's just wrong. So you might hear a few criticisms, again, stated to a child by an adult. Perhaps this subject is just too difficult for you. Or you'd do better if your family valued education just a little bit more. One that I personally heard as a child, I didn't expect you to get this far. Oh, wait, I also heard that as an adult. Yeah, postgraduate school. All right, how about you'd do well if you weren't so disruptive. And students from your background often struggle with this concept. Again, attacking a child. So if you hear that, what do you say to that adult? Can we discuss the impact of our words on learners' self-concept? Because really it's crucial that our feedback is encouraging and growth-oriented. We don't want to make learners doubt their abilities or experiences. What do you say? What do you do? First, again, breathe. Calm the temptation to punch them in the face. Trust me, I've been there. And once I almost tried, thank goodness I had a Dear friend sitting next to me to grab my arm and keep my behind in my seat because I was jumping over the table. All right. My head still rings with the words of that person who happened to be a program specialist who asked me why I cared so much. After all, it was direct words. This is a direct quote. Just another generation of toilet scrubbers. Gaslighting. Addressing gaslighting in schools is a sensitive issue. It's a critical issue. So yes, I gave you a few statements to start a dialogue, but you choose your words. Your words. But keep in mind that you want to do four things. Number one, you want to highlight the issue, not attack the person. Because if you attack the person, they're just going to dig in even deeper. Highlight the issue. Don't attack the person. Number two, suggest a collaborative approach to addressing and correcting those gaslighting behaviors. Don't issue dictates if you're in a position of leadership, because again, that just causes people to dig in deeper. Number three, approach these conversations with a mindset of growth and education. They have been ill-taught, ill-informed, ill-mannered. They need to learn. So 
mindset of growth and education. And number four, aim for a resolution that centers on the well-being and fair treatment of every child. And again, don't expect people to just accept your suggestions and change. Some, maybe many, won't. That's who they are. That's where they are. If you're in a position of leadership, that tells you that that's someone who needs to go. If you are not in a position of leadership and you have leadership you can trust, that you can speak to, that you can challenge, keep a written record of the who, what, when, where, all the details, so that when you move your concern higher up the food chain, you've got your facts in order. For your own sanity, talk to others of your own mindset. There's nothing wrong with seeking external validation. Is it me? Or is this guy a flaming racist? Go ahead and confirm you are not the one who's crazy. They are. They are biased. They are racist. Or they are whatever other ist is servicing in their words and actions. Find yourself a support system because dealing with this type of behavior is mentally and physically taxing. Remember to breathe. And then join me again every week. Connect with me on social at Almitra Berry on pretty much every platform. Send me your questions, topics, and requests to info at AskDrBerry.com. And I will answer your questions, bring you experts to help address those topics. Make sure you sign up for my newsletter and don't worry about the things you cannot change. Change the things you can no longer accept. I'll see you next time. That's it for today's episode of the 3E Podcast. Head over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in a grand prize drawing to win a $25,000 value private VIP day with Dr. Barry herself. Be sure to head over to 3epodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Dr. Barry's gift. Then join us on the next episode.